Today is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Kirk Cameron tried contacting 50 public libraries. Get one of them to host his book reading. You'll never guess how many said yes. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Go ahead and subscribe. Give us a rating. Share it with a friend. All the good stuff. You know what to do. And uh, let's get through the news of the cray together. CBN's Billy Hallowell and Trey Gones Phillips are joining me as always to help us get through it. Fellas, what's up? It's Friday Junior up in here. Yeah, I'm I'm cool, collected, and caffeinated. <laughs> right? Oh, perfect tagline right there. No, I'm excited. I just can't believe the week is rushing by. The month is flying by. But here as we are. Always. Friday as Junior. Always. Indeed. And uh, Billy, you're caffeinated. I've got I'm at least one Mountain Dew uh, in today, so... It's never too early to crack open a do, uh, in my opinion. Coming up today on the we got this Kirk story, Billy. I mean, this is uh, this is quite the saga that's unfolding. It is. It is quite the saga. And you know, if you contact fifty plus libraries, the assumption <laughs> is somebody might want you to come, but not not in Kirk's case. Especially when you know what they are allowing these days. We've seen some of the counter programming that's going on. Very so, family friendly. Very family right, family friendly. friendly. So uh, we'll get into the details on that. Also on the main thing, an Israeli journalist is urging American Jews to, quote, get out now as he sees a rise in violence and against Jews in America. His conversation with CBN's Paul Strand is coming up on today's main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. A former Navy SEAL who spent almost a decade living as a transgender woman is warning Americans of the dangers of the transgender movement after recently announcing he's detransitioning back to a man. Chris Beck served in the Navy SEALs for 20 years on special operations teams and went on 13 deployments, received over 50 awards and medals for his service. He became a public figure back in 2013 when he went on CNN's Anderson Cooper show and announced that he was becoming a transgender woman named Kristen Beck. You can read more about that at CBNnews.com. It's been more than a month since an American missionary pilot has been detained by Mozambique police on allegations of supporting insurgents in the country. Now his family, friends, and Mission Aviation Fellowship are asking Christians around the world to pray for his safety and swift release. The pilot's name is Ryan Coer. He's 31, and he was taken into custody back on November 4th and is currently being held in a high-security Mozambique prison. And a new poll shows that most people believe parents should have the final say when it comes to controversial content taught at public schools. 63% say they believe they should be able to opt out of morally objectionable content. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Guys, that last poll, 63% of the, uh, this is from a, a Beckett Fund um, for Religious Liberties. That was their third annual Religious Freedom Index. That's where that information came from. I want to know who are these 37% that are saying the public schools should have the final say and that parents shouldn't be able to opt out of this content. Well, I guess if you're not concerned about what your kids are taking in on social media, in books and entertainment, why would you be concerned with what the public schools yeah. are doing? They're raising your kids for you. If you, yeah. you know, so it's almost like, hey, it's a get out of jail free card for a lot of these people. I think they just they don't they don't necessarily care. 
Yeah. Well, I think people live under this assumption that I can just send my kids off to school and that's daycare for so many hours throughout the day. But in reality, you have no clue what they're what they're being taught if you're not actively involved. And it just seems to be getting worse. I can't imagine being a parent and having kids in the public school system and not being aware of everything that's going on in that classroom. I just wouldn't risk it. Yeah, I think gone are the days where you just kind of, you as a Christian, right, you should be hyper vigilant about everything yeah. that your kids are ingesting into their minds. And especially when you know it's just not, I, I don't know that it ever was quote unquote safe. Um, but now, I mean, the stuff that's being put out there is just, in, it's it's insanity. I mean, the levels of just kind of chaos that's out there, the the ideas that are being taught it's wild. You can't trust. So even if you're sending your kids to a public school, you have to be hyper vigilant at this point. There, there is no possible justification for just sitting back and hoping for the best with whatever they're getting taught. I mean, it's it's uh, it's crazy out there. Well, the other part of it, too, I think we focus a lot, which is important on what is being taught and what is happening in the schools. But even when you're in public schools where those things aren't happening, which there are plenty of schools so where, where a lot of that isn't happening. Yeah. You have to worry about the other kids. What are they bringing yeah. in to the classroom? Because most of the stuff, I have two kids in public school, and most of the things that we have to deal with are coming from other kids. None yeah. of it has come from a teacher, which is really interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think most teachers are probably not wanting to inject any of their personal sort of agendas onto the kids, mm-hmm. but we're just seeing more and more of the activists oh, yeah. now, right? So it's like, <laughs> So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, the influence of the other kids who are being, um, you know, essentially you have half the population here who are believing a lot of these ideologies. You know, as a Christian, you know, your identity, we know it comes from Christ and, and who we are as image bearers of the creator. That's not what a lot, at least half or more of the other kids are being taught. I mean, they're being taught that their sexuality is their identity or their gender is their identity. I mean, that's just, I mean, it couldn't be farther from a Christian worldview. And you're right, Billy. I mean, then these, it's a, it's a, it's a jungle out there. So you got to really arm your kids, but it's a a daunting task for sure. I think that's why it's so important that, that probably more than knowing what you believe, you should know why you believe it and teaching kids to understand the foundations of their faith. And why is it that we believe that Jesus was who he is, who he says he is? And why do we believe what scripture says about his ministry and the old Testament, all that stuff. I think it's important to have that foundation because it's not a matter of if they face pushback from their peers in the classroom, it's when they face it, particularly with all of these kids watching whatever they're watching on TikTok or Instagram and, and, and Facebook and all that stuff. You don't know what other, kids are doing you know what your kids are doing or you can try to know what your kids are doing and raise them uh, but you also have to account for what are these other kids going to be watching and then sharing with your kids yeah um and but again it's just going to take it's going to take so much vigilance more than we've probably ever uh, had before i mean i mean i think we're all probably guilty of this to some extent as parents but but allowing the things we allow our kids to digest like I mean, just tv internet social media um, there is such a flood of evil out there. And even if it's subtle evil, right? Like not just there's outward evil that we can all look at that and go, Ooh, but then there's just all these things that just distract from our yeah. Christian walk and things that are actually edifying and we justify it. And, you know, we all have our things that we love and we want to dive into. And, 
I feel like I'm going all John Piper here with like, let's just take the fun out of everything. But, uh, but it is, I mean, it's, there's truth in that. Like, look, any, all these things you have to weigh it against your heart and like, is your heart too invested in, you know, some social media app or, um, dating or whatever the case may be. It's, 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 uh, more challenging now than probably it ever has been because of the advent of technology. Well, it's that slow chipping away that is the bigger issue. Like the the really evil things we all see and recognize them, and most of us are are knowing right away that's evil, that's wrong. Yeah. It's the little things. Well, maybe that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That's how you end up having an, an entirely changed worldview over the course of time, and that is why Hollywood media universities, all of these things are so important to be on top of because they are chipping away slowly but surely at those worldviews. And you know, final statement I would say on this is Christian kids are spending, let's say, two to four hours a week in church at max for many families, and they're spending, I don't know, 20 hours on phones TikTok and tablets. It, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, uh, interesting stuff nonetheless, and I think uh, kind of an exhortation that we need to be on guard as parents and as Christians uh, about all the things that are going on. And I think you're right, Trey. I mean, know what you believe, why you believe it, strengthen that worldview. Um, you, you really have to, because it's going to be uh, under a withering attack and that's not going to let up uh, anytime soon. So look, happy, happy uh, Friday junior here. I, I'm really good at this of just really kind of bringing the, bringing the gloom. I mean, but, but seriously though, I mean, I think the warnings are warranted. I mean, I'm, but I, I don't want to leave the wrong impression that I'm not out here like enjoying and having a joyful life here. I'm doing that too, but there are things to be concerned about. But I digress. Let's go uh, into our next story here. Kirk Cameron is uh, in the headlines, and uh, the Camerons here. This has been quite a stretch, but Kirk now <laughs> is is looking to get into these libraries, but the reaction wasn't exactly what he wanted. So what's going on here? Yeah, so this is a situation where you've got a well-known actor who's also well-known for his faith, for his politics, who has a new book out. He has a book called As You Grow. It's with Brave Books. They're a conservative Christian company that puts out lots of different books with celebrities, well-known people. Kirk is their latest. Again, it's As You Grow. You can check it out and look it up. But they reached out to over 50 public libraries about having Kirk read his book at their locations, right? We all know about Drag Queen Story Hour. Uh, They were trying to have a Kirk Cameron Story Hour, and it apparently didn't go very well. Um, As as we're talking about this, as far as we know, of those 50-plus public libraries, none of them wanted to have a program with Kirk. They either ignored him, um, they either ignored him, or they flat out said they weren't interested. Uh, there was one library, and this was in Providence, Rhode Island. They apparently, one of the people from that library, apparently told Brave Books, quote, we are a very queer-friendly library. Our messaging does not align. That's just one of the responses. That's an interesting response, especially if that's, because uh, in the article it says, you know, that it's public libraries that they reach out to. I don't know if every single one was a public library, but that would be a really interesting statement from a public library. But uh, what are some of the other ones saying about why Kirk couldn't be there? 
Well, a lot of them, they just declined, right? And it's interesting because we reached out to that very library, the one in Providence, Rhode Island, and the statement that we got was much more about, hey, you know, we get a lot of unsolicited requests for individuals and groups to co-host events, and we're always happy to consider those. But in the vast majority of cases, they don't result in a partnership. Um, and they said, you know, look, Brave Books, they, they are allowed to hold their own event. They could get a bookable meeting room and hold their own event if they want to do that at our library. So it's not as though he's not welcome, but they have to host it. It's not going to be something that we are going to host. So that seems very different from the statement, you know, we are a very queer friendly library, if that is yeah. true. <laughs> um, so, and so a lot of them just, you know, we also reached out to Scarsdale Public Library, which is out near me in New York. Um, and we have not heard back yet from a representative there. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it's interesting, you know, not very concrete responses outside of that one, but the assumption is they weren't interested because of the content of the book. I'll bet you some of these libraries here, like the one near you, Billy, did not have in their 2022 bingo card that they'd be embroiled in a Kirk Cameron uh, controversy. <laughs> but uh, what is Brave Book saying about all this? Yeah, so um, it's it's interesting. We actually reached out to Brave Books and I spoke with Trent Talbot. He's the founder. And he basically said, look, you know, our publicly funded libraries have become indoctrination centers of the left. He didn't say all of them, but he said many of them have become um, that way. And he said a lot of Christians and conservatives have been sitting back and, quote, watching the children of our country be morally and ideologically abused. We all need to ask ourselves, what am I doing to fight back? Um, so pretty strong words there from him. Yeah, indeed. And why why have these libraries, you think, Billy, become such a focal point in these debates, you know, in these discussions? I mean, it started with the drag queen stuff. Like, why did they target it? Why is what's going on now? How'd that happen? Well, you know, why did children's TV become such a target for these topics, right? Because if you can reach children young, you can change their perspective. What I think is very interesting about this, and we talked about this recently with Dal Partridge and Michael Foster, the two pastors who started their pastor story hour in local libraries, you know, they were they were saying, look, you know, why is it that Christians weren't the ones going into libraries and having these story hours? Why is it yeah. that it was drag queens that thought of this first? And so I think it really has to do about reaching young hearts and minds. Christians aren't the only ones who want to do that. Right. Other people want to do it, too. And that's why we're seeing this unfold. And we're seeing Nickelodeon and Disney and other companies do these same things. If you get them young, they're not going to question it. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting angle because I think a lot of times you see on the right, there's this complaining and just always reacting to what the other side is doing and saying how horrible it is. And whether whether it's right or wrong is not what I'm getting at on this particular point. But to, to your point, Billy, I'm like, hey, maybe why didn't we think about that in the first place? If you wanted pastors to be influencing kids in the community, um, why not get out there? What what? What were we missing beforehand? I think we lived for so long in the comfort of Christianity sort of being in a popular position relatively in decades past, and that's just gone now. And so now just everyone's on the defensive, all the Christians, for the most part. And so, I don't know, it just seems to be we've gotten into this cycle of just complaining about all the things we don't like instead of, you know, focusing more efforts on positively influencing the community. Yeah. You know, I think the other thing that's interesting about all of this is that I think it's the perfect example of the secular world 
acting as if embracing this drag queen stuff, the LGBT lifestyles, all of that, acting as if that's the unbiased middle ground. Right, right. Uh, and then to have a Christian come in is just beyond the pale. Like that's actually, <laughs> that would be the library taking yeah. a position and we can't take a position, but we can have a drag queen come in because that's not taking a position. That's just being accepting. That's the lie I think that the world is is trying to tell us. And good on Kirk Cameron for going. And unfortunately he wasn't able to do it. He's been trying to do, uh, which is just read in a library. <laughs> um, but at least his effort has exposed, I think, really, really clearly uh, where the world falls on this issue, that they're acting like this extreme leftist position is the middle ground, when in reality, it's the complete opposite. It's right. It's the complete far left. Yeah. And I think, you know, this and, and Kirk said the same thing, you know, you got to you got to fight back. It's time to fight back. And I think a lot of people will say those words and not really know what that means. But I think it means standing up and having a position, not being afraid to speak the truth in love. Right. Uh, but this idea that we're going to live in a country where we're going to publicly fund libraries and other institutions and have them completely obliterate our our worldview and not allow us to be present. That's not going to fly anymore. And I think people are increasingly speaking up about that. And that's what you're seeing happen in this case yeah. as well. I mean, we've, we've dealt with it guys for years, the whole, the idea, I mean, how common everyone's heard this. Oh, keep your, like for public schools, for example, for to cite one public institution. Oh, just keep the religion separate. Just, just keep it out. Don't talk about it. When you repeat that over and over again, what is the message that's sent? Like, Ooh, this is a toxic <laughs> thing that we cannot be talking about. These other things that we're seeing come in now, just nobody had ever really, they were typically thought to be too crazy to bring into a public school. But so, so that, that sentiment though, wasn't there. Everyone's just, now they have the mindset of, oh, we want to be loving to LGBT people. That's, that's the general sentiment that the LGBT crowd gets is we need to be loving. We need to embrace, we need to, but the religious, the, the religious stuff was all, yeah, keep that separate. That's great. So like, it's subtle, and when it's in dribs and drabs, it doesn't seem like a lot, but over time, like you said earlier, Billy, it grows, and that's kind of what has settled in. Keep the religion out, and then the other stuff is we need to be loving and accepting, and so it's allowed yeah. to come in. Well, I mean, by the way, don't let this be discouraging, right? Just because Kirk Cameron has experienced what he's experienced, I think it, it highlights a real issue. But yeah. I also think it, you know, it shouldn't be a detraction from Christians in their local community from reaching out to their libraries or their school systems or whatever the situation might be and trying to share their faith. Because I think for a lot of people, their experience won't be like Kirk Cameron's experience. They'll, because just like the teacher uh, conversation we were having a few minutes ago, the vast majority of teachers are probably you know, a-okay, like they're great at what they're doing. Um, but there are some examples that are worth highlighting. And I think this is one of those, but you should still reach out in your community and see how you can, you can make a difference because you might be surprised, honestly, yeah. you know, UVA, they just had that service for those football players who passed away or who were murdered. Um, and the gospel was really prevalent throughout the entire uh, ceremony on UVA's campus. So there still are examples yeah. of, of Christians standing up successfully in their communities too. Yeah. And you should be okay and feel okay in sharing the gospel and sharing your beliefs. And it's not to force it on people, but to share it. And then they can do yeah. with it what they want. It is such a lost art in society right now, which is so frustrating that people can't, they're afraid to say view. It has to be a societally approved view that that the mob won't be mad at. No, like just say your views and people can take them or leave them. 
I mean, it just, it would be nice if we could get back to that kind of a mentality. And if you don't agree with it, so what? Leave it there. But that's that's an amen for me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, all right. Well, thanks for bringing that one. We will definitely keep an eye on it. Any updates, we'll certainly have them at cbnnews.com, faithwire.com as well. But we're going to go into the main thing right now. And Israeli journalist and tech advisor and social influencer, uh, Hillel Fold, is urging American Jews to see the signs of growing anti-Semitism in America. We see all these videos. There's, I mean, it seems like there's almost one every day of just, uh, you know, in Jewish areas in Manhattan, for example, and just these seemingly out of nowhere attacks. Um, but it's consistently happening to, to Jewish people. It's very concerning, and uh, you're having a lot of Jewish people speak out about it right now, including uh, Hillel. And he spoke with uh, CBN's Paul Strand about what he thinks is a need for a lot of American Jews to consider get out now before it gets even worse. So that's uh, today's main thing. We're speaking with Hillel Fold, who recently wrote a column called American Jews Get Out Now. Why did you write a column called that? You know, since I'm a little kid, uh, having grandparents who survived Auschwitz, I've always struggled with the question, why didn't they get out, right? I mean, Nuremberg Laws. I mean, these guys, full-blown, like, anti-Semitism, mainstream society in Europe, the Jews just stuck around. And I always, like, I asked myself, what, like, why didn't they read the writing on the wall? What had to happen? And I never understood it. I always struggled with that. And then I look at America right now, you got... Full-blown pop artist, Kanye West, going full-blown anti-Semite. You got Saturday Night Live normalizing anti-Semitism. You got NBA players, full-blown anti-Semites. What has to happen? Jews being beaten up in the streets? Done. It's done. What has to happen for the Jews to say, all right, enough is enough. This is not our home. Now, you know, we always grew up saying never again. Obviously, the Holocaust can never happen again. The truth is, it could never happen again because we have Israel. But American Jews, I think they're not looking at history. I think they're maybe ignoring, you know, what went on throughout the Jewish, you know, history from the Spanish Inquisition to the pogroms to the Holocaust, you know, we got too comfortable. So when you say, like, people are being beaten in the streets, are they being beaten in the streets? Like, where's where that happening? Are you serious? You've never seen these videos of, of, of Hasidic Jews walking in Brooklyn being beaten up in the middle of this? I mean, it's, 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 I see it pretty much every day on my Facebook feeds. Every day. So and, and like yeah, I mean, t- literally last night, a friend of mine on, on Twitter, she said she was walking with her family in the street. And some African-American came over and said, oh, we're going to black, we're going to kill all you Jews. And everyone stood around watching this thing, yelling in her face, cursing her kids and everything. People stood around watching. Nobody said a word. Nobody did a thing. The whole thing doesn't make any sense because, you know, we're, I mean, the Jews are like statistically non-existent. We're so small, right? I mean, 20% of all Nobel Prizes were given to Jews. Do you know that? 20%. I mean, there's something remarkable about the Jewish people. I don't think anyone would debate that. You know, we survived and the Romans didn't and and the Greeks didn't and the Nazis didn't. We're here. Right. Um, But there is this I don't know. I mean, I can tell you my theory of why anti-Semitism exists, but there is this just historic thing that just keeps showing its ugly face every generation. And again, it's unfortunate that Jews forget history. I mean, look, look at you. You don't have to think about 300 years. I'm talking about Germany 80 years ago. I mean, they were comfortable until they weren't. So what has to happen? Like I ask my friends in the States, what has to happen? Is there an event that will happen that you'll say enough is enough? What has to happen? It's all happened. I don't know what they're waiting for. I, the outside world where I just moved from, people think Israel is just like totally under terrorism all the time and stuff like that. Is it safe for Jews to move here? First of all, I don't know if you know, but my older brother was murdered in a terrorist attack. So I, I, I know it firsthand, okay? I'm not, every, every life that's lost is, is, a, is, a, is an entire world. Having said that, 
we have to look at the grand scheme of things. Take a step back. There has never been a 75-year period. Listen to the statistics. It's phenomenal. It's, 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 it's just fascinating. There has never been a 75-year period since the destruction of the temple that there were so few Jews killed in the world. So again, every life that's lost to terrorism is a horrible tragedy. But in the grand scheme of things, this country is defending us. Whereas there, we're at the mercy of everyone else. And we know how that turns out. So, you know, yeah, I think, I think it is significantly safer here. Give, and I'm not belittling. There is terror, in, but, but in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's in our hands. This is our home. I heard someone say, in America, you can, you can succeed despite being a Jew. In Israel, you succeed because you're a Jew. And to me, that's, that's what it comes down to. And by the way, someone recently said to me, they moved to Israel. He said, not because I'm a Zionist, but because I'm a capitalist, which is amazing, because this is where it's all going on in terms of technology and innovation. So, you know, we're living the dream. It's never been this good for the Jewish people, and I'm proud to live here. I, you know, I'm a big talker. My parents brought me here. I didn't make a decision. I want to believe that had he not brought me here, I would have come myself. But in America, it's scary. It's scary times. Well, those are all good reasons to get out of America. We've been speaking with Hillel Fold about his column, American Jews Get Out Now. All right, Paul, thanks so much for that interview there. It's very, very fascinating stuff and an urgent message for sure. And um, appreciate you bringing it to us. And that leaves us with uh, time, guys, for one last thing. Yeah, so the, the theme of today's episode seems to be just standing up boldly for what you believe, right? In your in your community, whatever that looks like. I think it's a, the perfect opportunity to look at Philippians 3, uh, verse 17. Paul obviously writing to believers in Philippi, and he says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. I thought, what a convicting passage. Am I living a life where I could tell people at any juncture, at any situation, imitate my life. We ought to be living a life that can be mimicked, right? In, in every situation. Yeah. I mean, and considering eternity, when you think about that, I mean, we can get so wrapped up in the here and now and forget that. I mean, this is just a vapor, right? You know, here today, gone tomorrow. And um, in the grand scheme of eternity, um, keep that lens in mind where you're thinking about the actual, I mean, eternity is a long time. I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> it just keeps on going. You got all kinds of time. It's just going to be there. This is just like a little trial run to set the stage for eternity. And so um, we should be having our eyes fixed on Christ in the midst of that. And it's it's just so easy to forget that in all the chaos of the world in the here and now. It is. Yeah. Being too focused on eternity and not what's going on here or being only focused on what's going on here and not eternity. Yeah. We have to have that balance. We yeah, really good do. point. Good point. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this Friday, Junior. Appreciate y'all for being here, getting through that news of the cray. As always, do not forget to subscribe if you haven't already. If you made it this far and you haven't subscribed, what are you doing? Lord will it in that creek don't rise. We're going to be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then. Friday's coming up next.